Let's face it, hiring help is not easy these days. Let Zentegra Staffing help you find the right person for the right job. Head over to Zentegra.com forward slash Zentegra Staffing to find out more and let us staff your people needs. Welcome to another Citrix Session with your hosts, Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton, your source for all things Citrix. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the Citrix Session uh, podcast. Uh, Andy Whiteside uh, for your host, and I got Bill Sutton with me. Bill's the Director of Services, and we also have Pete Downing, our uh, Chief Marketing and Technology Officer. And guys, as I started to come into the intro, I, I realized that I did not go out and check what uh, what episode we're on. Did either one of you guys know? 20. This is episode 20. All right, great. So, uh, Bill, what's uh, anything new in, in Bill's world? Oh, not really. Just uh, living the dream. How many, uh, how many active projects as Integra are you currently managing? It's about 45. 45. Wow. Yeah, we talk about it almost daily and... Yeah, that's uh, certainly a workload, but uh, we're getting you some help and going to continue to expand our uh, services practice. That's right. Yep. So with Bill, we also have uh, Pete Downey again, our CMTO, and uh, I say this every time I introduce Pete. It's not a, uh, it's not a, it's not an accident that our marketing and technical guy are the same person because that, in my world, that just makes a lot of sense. How's it going, Pete? That's uh, going well, Andy. So, uh, actually, sitting in my home office today, so a little change of pace. <laughs> That's good. Not on, not on the road. I wish I could say the same. I'm in a uh, airport lounge in uh, Providence, Rhode Island, going to see a client here in a few minutes. Pl- planes, trains, and automobiles this week. <laughs> so, guys, with us we have Gabe Correjo, and Gabe um, worked with Pete and I when we were at Citrix, and we go back a long ways. And Gabe uh, was product manager or is or was the project manager for the remote PC product we're going to talk about as part of a blog that uh, was written by uh, Nitin Sharma, who's joined us in the past. Gabe, how's it going? Andy, it's going great. Thanks for having me. I uh, really appreciate to come on to talk about uh, remote PC access uh, to you and your listeners. Uh, it's, been, it's been a while since uh, uh, we've had a chance to you know, chat about this. Um, so thanks for having me on. It's always interesting because when I uh, when I see Gabe, we automatically start talking about remote PC. I I love that solution and was kind of pitching it before Citrix made it a product. And and then uh, Gabe worked with the team there at Citrix to make it a real product. And it's just way under talked about and underutilized. And there's some really good use cases and stories. Gabe, is your uh, what's your official title these days? My official title is just a plain generic uh, program manager. <laughs> um, I I used to be product manager. Uh, for the solution uh, for low PC access. Uh, I used it for about three and a half years. Um, I, I really went you know, a little bit of history on that is um, found all the customer demand and you know the desire to deploy Citrix technologies to find that solution um, and then kind of go from there. But I'm still the go-to person uh, in within Citrix uh, on this technology. Uh, so people come to me from all, walk, all walks of the globe uh, for, you know, sales support, technical support, all other things from PC access. That's great. So we're going to jump into that in a minute. Uh, Nitin starts off the uh, article, uh, the blog, by talking about, you know, Mother Nature and, and the world throwing you curveballs. And, of course, we're in the middle of a couple situations. You're actually coming to us from Nashville, Tennessee. You guys have had some weather-related stuff over the past week or so, haven't you? <laughs> 
Yeah, we had a, unfortunately a, a tornado pass through last week. Um, you know, went through a little bit of downtown and went through East Nashville and then out to um, a couple of counties um, along along a really I forty path. Um, unfortunately, there was some you know a lot of damage uh, that was done. Uh, in fact, yesterday I was out in East East Nashville at a um, at an event uh, to you know to help volunteer and you know do other things, um, donate uh, time and money. So um, there. You know, we're strong. We've had floods in 2010 um, that uh, really took the city, you know, a couple of steps back, and we'll we'll get through this one, too. Yeah, so you never know what Mother Nature is going to give you. And, of course, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the uh, the coronavirus thing that's going on. I don't want to make that the reason for this podcast. We were we were planning on doing it anyway, but uh, obviously there's uh, reasons why uh, – other reasons why we might need to work remotely and take advantage of technologies that have been put in place by organization. Uh, one of my favorite stories is to talk about the Democratic National Convention in Charlotte, uh, 8 – 12 years ago, whatever that was now, getting close to 12, uh, and how one of my law firms, they used remote PC at that point in time to keep business going. Uh, and then Charlotte's got the uh, Republican National Convention coming up here in a few months. I think 175 days is what I think I heard um, on the news this morning driving to the airport. And so that's that's coming up. And, and you, you just never know where you're going to need to work from on any given day. And remote PC just allows you to extend your uh, your use case, leveraging you know Citrix technologies that uh, you may already have in place or may need to put in place, but just tie right in. So let's Let's jump into the uh, article here. Uh, it talks about you know most a lot of organizations have Citrix uh, and a lot uh, and, and a bunch don't. Uh, but remote PC is a, a way to continue to leverage that investment in Citrix. Um, and it kind of goes over the architecture. And, and, and what's interesting, I'd love to get your take on this, is the, uh, the, the as-a-service option within Citrix now makes remote PC adoption uh, even easier, right? Yeah, that's right. For for a while, it was only available for on-premises customers. You know, they wanted to control the infrastructure um, and uh, manage things that way. Um, and then, you know, a few years ago, we we brought in uh, the capability. At first, actually, um, within the the virtual apps and desktop service, uh, and you had to use a kind of an API to remote in and, and manage the catalogs, etc. We'll get to what those are, but um, now it's a full blown option when you go into Citrix virtual apps and desktops in, in the cloud um, and you're able to, um, you know, manage your on-prem, um, you know, PCs, if you will, and the users that connect to them uh, through, through that um, uh, service. That, yeah, it's interesting because I remember the first time I saw a desktop as a service, uh, Citrix Cloud, if you will, uh, that was missing and I thought about that moment just kind of moved on. Uh, hey, I, I want to say a couple things real quick. Uh, so secure remote access to PCs and laptops using Citrix Cloud with Zen App and Zen Desktop Service. That's the actual title of the blog that Nitten wrote, and that's from April 2nd of 2018. So I guess it's been it's been that long since you guys added it to the service. Bill, do you have any uh, any history with remote PC that you would share as we start to get into it? I've got a little history. Back in the consulting days, um, we had a, several. I had several customers that leveraged the technology. Uh, a university that had some unique application needs. Um, so they had a bank of, of devices running in their data center that they remote PC to um, a chemical company that used it kind of as a work at home initiative. Um, you know, folks had uh, had their PCs on their desks. Uh, some of them had laptops they didn't take with them, take home with them. So they would remote into them that way. And we've seen a lot of interest in, interest in it um, from on, on my consulting team, a lot of projects that are starting to 
work their way through the system from customers that are looking at it, uh, as you said earlier, Andy, as a means to allow work from home under this uh, this pandemic situation that we find ourselves in. Pete, how about you? You got any um, remote PC stories where you've seen it save the day and be the answer? I mean, yeah, my story actually goes back to the days of uh, Bloomberg and uh, in when I was working with them as a customer. And Gabe, I think you were involved actually. And I was still the, the lowly PM on uh, provisioning services, aka PBS. And uh, they, they were one of the core customers who actually drove uh to fruition what is remote PC today. And their big, their big use case was, hey, we have these big, massive uh, Excel spreadsheets that these you know, financial f- folks will work on and it will take down the, you know, at the time, ZenApp server. So we need a way to run them efficiently, but also be able to access them, access them from anywhere you know, whether at home or in the office. So that's, that's one of their big drivers was, hey, I need a way to access the PC just like I do a VDI session. So that, that's kind of my, my story and the roots of uh, remote PC, which I, I love the product too. I'm a, I'm a big fan and I push it everywhere as well. Well, so that's a good point. Uh, remote PC is for remoting into your physical computer, but it can also be for remoting into a more powerful than a VDI uh, solution like, you know, like a Blade desktop or some type of uh, cartridge. Uh, what's that thing called from HP? The uh, Moonshot. Uh, Moonshot. So it's, yeah. it's not just limited for remote access and business continuity, but it plays really well there. So Gabe, moving this to the, uh, the service, uh, what was the big win for Citrus customers in making it part of the service versus the on-prem solution only? Uh, well, it, it, you know, it, it just kind of goes along the blend of, you know, being able to manage um, things that you don't own. Uh, back when, you know, Mark Templeton was the CEO, he was talking about don't own stuff. Um, that was, I think, a synergy in 2011 or 2012 or something like that. But it goes to the value of customers simply wanted to manage their things through a browser and not have to stand up the infrastructure. So, you know, today's today's connectivity is, um, you know, pretty much you you sign into the service. Um, you know, you create a couple of interconnecting um, ones called a catalog and an Active Directory group, and you install our agent across all your PCs, and then you know they 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 register or they they flow through. Uh, something called a, a cloud connector, and every every cloud solution has a, some sort of connector that things must go through to connect to the cloud. And um, we we released um, last Friday uh, a technology called Rendezvous for Citrix Cloud uh, that uh, remote PC customers will be very happy if they deploy in a cloud infrastructure where the protocol uh, ICA for old school, HDX for new school. Um, it bypasses the connector completely and goes directly to the gateway, uh, which means we can scale to, you know, however much that gateway can traffic can handle uh, before the connectors were some of a bottleneck. But now, because you have not only the management of the cloud service and all the parts, the, the controller, the licensing, the databases, all of that living somewhere else and not in your infrastructure. You deploy the BDAs everywhere everywhere through software delivery. You stand up a connector just so they can talk to the infrastructure and cloud. 
but then all connectivity after that for user experience goes through a gateway, either on premises or at service. You know, that's a, you're 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 starting to also go into why the benefits of you know really remote PC as as its you know basic level and talking about how customers connect today. And it really started uh, a very long time ago where, um, you know, PC Anywhere, I don't know if you, you all remember that. Um, you know, you stood up a, an NT server with uh, remote uh, RAS technology. They dialed in and then they connected to the office PC. Uh, you know, speed forward through today's uh, timeline and not a whole lot has changed. They stand up VPNs. They provide a RDP client to their users, so their home desktop, their home PC, has a VPN client sitting on it. They launch that, then they launch an RDP session, and then they type in their machine name, and they connect in, or they type in somebody else's machine name, and they connect in. Yep. All authentication happens uh, at the end of the session. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up. I met with two clients last week uh, in New York that, that that's their answer, and uh, they, they're pretty proud of it. And then you start talking through about how much better it could be, and all of a sudden light bulbs start going off for them. And in both cases, they have hundreds and hundreds of Citrix licenses sitting there not being used. So, you know, why not take advantage of them? Yeah, so that's really our, you know, kind of strong Strongest point, obviously, then other the other than the uh, performance of the protocol and the like local experience they get, is you get to eliminate the VPNs and trying to manage those endpoints. You you don't have to manage the tunnel either, so network address translation, all that stuff goes out the window, and suddenly you're just using basically really just a viewer into your PC through you know our our workspace uh, client. Uh, which is running um, obviously as kind of a portal uh, to connect into that PC. Right, with the with the high fidelity protocol, the you know best on the market, proven, tried and true, um, high fidelity protocol that's going to give you the best user experience, almost, almost like you're sitting there, right? Very much like you're sitting there, and I've actually heard reports it's almost better sometimes. Um, I don't know that. The the, uh, the very um, you know how how true that is, but um, I'll 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 let those uh, customers decide for themselves. Yeah. So just to hit on the article on the blog real quick, so you don't need a VPN. Uh, you get to use the the beauty of ICA. I mean, the marketing guys will make me call it HDX, but ICA, uh, and you get to avoid the expensive endpoint conversation where you tell users to you know use whatever they want their their Chromebook their um, their home computer, you name it. Now all of a sudden, all that becomes simple, uh, and you're still getting the the power and the configuration that you already have in your data center. Hey, hey Bill, any uh, any additional thoughts on those? topics? No, I think you said it pretty well in terms of uh, selling the value of it and understanding how better it is than the traditional route of VP, VPN plus RDP, which we still see, as you said, in the market. So definitely is a, a product, a topic that we should bring up with, with all of our customers, particularly those that are doing that. Hey, Pete, any additional thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the only thought I have in, in because I, you know, I don't want it to definitely get lost, but is the whole notion of, and Gabe kind of covered it with the whole connector and the ability to spin up Citrus Cloud, is the whole notion of the front door. So the front door now is your workspace, uh, and it makes it easier to access pretty much any scenario with Citrix now. And, and I'm excited about the whole 
gateway service and workspace because it just simplifies how you roll out Citrix in your enterprise today. Um, and, and, it, and it truly does get rid of the need for clunky port forwarding and also uh, the ability to, you know, have a VPN at, at the edge. It, it puts the onus on Citrix now to, to make sure it's secured end to end. And then Gabe, you mentioned the round. I'm excited about that. That gets rid of the whole hairpinning issue uh, and just makes the user experience that much better if you're on site or in a WAN, a WAN scenario, right? Uh, where the WAN does the routing for you. Um, so the rendezvous protocol is awesome. I, I'm, I'm very excited about that. So something to point out here in the article, real quick, Gabe, one of the things it talks about in the article is, and I do want to point out, this article we're reviewing was written well before there was a current pandemic, right? So um, the, the article talks about digital workspaces and how people are moving in that direction and geopolitical, sudden storms, worldwide events, you know, things that happened in the 90s that will continue to happen forever. Um, you know, this solution shouldn't be something we're talking about today because of the current situation. It should be something customers think anything about all the time. And, and real quick to add to that, the, the, the law firm I worked with, they, you know, they used the sudden need of trying to work during a geopolitical situation as a justification for getting the licenses in-house. And now they've moved into a VDI scenario. So they're remote PCing into virtual desktops, aka VDI. Hey, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, I mean, on that topic, I, I, I've seen, you know, all sorts, you know, uh, hurricanes coming, uh, you write bad weather, um, geopolitical, um, you know, concerns around being able to have that flexibility to offer to new employees. Um, that's actually something that is, um, you know, taken on, you know, more speed the last year and a half, I feel. Um, and so the flexibility of being able to work anywhere um, is, you know, unless you have a physical PC um, without uh, this technology. Uh, one thing that I did want to mention on the on the last um, um, kind of section of the blog was the way that um, you know Citrix admins got around providing VPNs and RDP is they they published RDP um, as an app to all their users. So the users would get home and they'd launch through that app um, an RDP session to then connect to their PC and instead they're not getting the benefits of ICA slash HDX from the user to the endpoint because they have to use that ZenApp server as a protocol proxy system and that makes the experience really terrible because you're effectively using consuming two, two protocols. You're not getting the benefits of your licensing because you're most likely also a enterprise or platinum customer in the old world of licensing and not using those licenses on the shelf and you lose full like control of policies and protections around uh, an end-to-end -end solution so that's one thing that i wanted to point out for your existing you know then a presentation server now virtual apps admins is you have this thing you can replace and use fully uh, to, to your capability. It gets better and simpler all at the same time, right? And that admin has less to worry about. That's right. So for you guys that are with me on the podcast, you see I just pulled up a, a, a map of the Caribbean. And uh, literally a couple of years ago, we were on a call, uh, hurricane season, with a customer uh, in Antigua. And um, they 
they were wanting to buy some Citrix licenses and implement Citrix and they were outside and it was really windy. Uh, and they were, and at some point it came clear in the conversation, they were doing this because it was a hurricane coming on like, guys. This is it's too late. I mean, I, I get it. I'd love to help you, but, but now with Citrix as a service, if they've got something to connect it to like a cloud, like Azure, like GCP, like AWS, uh, or even just a server sitting in their data center, or in this case, their existing physical desktops, um, maybe, you know, could have been done maybe in an afternoon or so if all things go correctly. Yeah, we see also um, in in all of those examples um, intellectual property uh, in providing systems that um, you know folks from across the world can connect to in case that customer is concerned about intellectual property leakage. Um, you know, if you don't send the thing uh, around the world in some sort of um, digital format, you don't have to worry about um, you know that IP getting leaked. I'm glad you brought that up. That's actually the very first time I ever saw remote PC before there was remote PC. And that was an engineering firm that was looking to keep their intellectual property in the U.S., uh, but still have people access it. And it was you know, systems that were way beyond what VDI could do at that time. So we were looking at physical PCs. And I said to them, hey, guys, you're going to spend a fortune on this. You're, you're crazy. And they like, we don't care. Our intellectual property is worth more than we'll ever spend on this. Yeah, Andy, another example that I had is uh, something as simple as expensive software. So, you know, using AutoCAD as an example, CAD can be very expensive. And yeah, you can run it in a Zen app or VDI session, but even there, it could, it could be very sluggish and not a great user experience. So you could put it on an end user's computer and then allow them to remote PC from anywhere into their robust, you know, uh, CAD computer and not have the risk of losing not only the IP, but also uh, the software itself, because the software can be very expensive. Uh, and then if you ever get audited, you're not, you're not explaining why user X has software installed on their home PC that's owned by the company. Um, so that's another great example that I've seen with a lot of our CAD firms we work with. There must be you know, 20 different angles where remote PC makes sense, even if you're not a traditional Citrix shop. But if you are, it makes a ton of sense. Hey, hey Gabe, I just happened to look down at my phone, and there's a, a tweet uh, from you around a, a client that's rolling uh, remote PC out as we speak. Uh, is that something you can just kind of go over real quick, or is that something we probably shouldn't talk about? Uh, no, sure. I can't obviously provide the customer's name, but um, it's something that, um, you know, as a result of the current um, situation and uh, environment out there, they... You know, they had a, a project down the road for con, uh, considering to, um, you know, move more users into a VDI slash DAV scenario. Um, they also have a little bit of renewal coming up. Um, and in light of the, the current situation, um, they learned about, you know, remote PC access from, you know, somebody talking to them about it. And within the product itself, when they manage, they, they see, they see the information. So, you know, it started really at the ground level with the admins, you know, um, socializing and, you know, within from, from, I think it was the 27th of last month to today, um, they made the decision to roll it out to 20,000 users, um, you know, a national, a national bank. Um, and, um, you know, there was, um, you know, the, had a whole lot of uh, hiccups with it. There was, you know, one minor thing that we, that, you know, took took a little bit to figure out, but we got we got over that. And you know, now their next goal is to widely distribute the um, the VDA, which is what we call the agent that goes on the PCs, to those twenty eight thousand users. And they're taking advantage of our 
this is you know kind of on our value add over just the art RDP VPN. Um, you can auto assign a user, so when they walk up to their PC after the agent is there, it will recognize you know who they are um, and assign them to their own PC, so it doesn't show up for everybody else. Um, and the admins don't have to do anything behind the scenes. It's just the user and their PC, and they log in locally, and it's it's assigned to them. Yeah, I think that kind of highlights something real quick, and it's at the conclusion of this blog here where um, Citrix not only is the only company that actually thinks this is a viable solution that should be productized, uh, they're making it really smart and have made it smart for a while, and now it includes the ability to deliver through a service. Hey, Bill, any uh, any closing thoughts on remote PC before we start to work our way towards the end of the blog? Nope. Know, I guess. nope, not today. Hey, Pete, how about you? No, no, I think this was a great conversation and great to hook up with Gabe again. I, I love working with you, man. And I'd love to keep working with you guys to figure out how we educate, you know, everybody on this great technology. Yeah, I think that that kind of brings me to a point here. I'd, I'd love, Gabe, if we could work with you to maybe do a little bit more than even Citrix does to get the word out on not only remote PC, but, you know, the, the Zen desktop service that is just the VDI piece of Citrix that, you know, is a fantastic solution, not all that expensive to get into. Uh, I guess that does lead me to say that the uh, the remote PC portion is part of Citrix virtual app and desktop suite uh, or service. Uh, but just the virtual desktop service uh, is something that, you know, I've challenged my team to talk more about this year because it, it can be a very cost-effective way to get Citrix in the door, and then we can land and expand from there. But, uh, Gabe, with that, I'll, I'll give you the microphone one more time. If there's anything else that you want to bring up here, I'd love to talk about it. No, I just uh, I want to thank you, Andy, and uh, everybody here at the Zintegra uh, team for allowing me to come on and, you know, kind of socialize it uh, a little bit more. Um, you know, I think it's, um, it's a great technology and a use case that kind of feels like it's, you know, overlooked as well as, um, you know, maybe taken, taken advantage of because they just assume it's there in some form or fashion without really taking a hard look at is it strategic for us. And I think in these times, a lot of folks are finding out, oh, yeah, it is strategic to us, not simply just a tactical use case. So uh, thanks again, Andy, for having me. Yeah, no, thanks, Gabe. Yeah, my, my motto on that is if you're using it every day, then you're proving the business continuity every day. And so when it comes times like this, you don't have to, you don't have to plan for it because you're, you're just using it every day. But I guess with that, uh, guys, I'll let you go. Gabe, thanks for joining us. Bill, Pete, as always, thank you for being part of this. And we'll look forward to seeing everyone next time. Thank you, Andy. Thank Thanks for listening to the Citrix Session with your hosts, Andy Whiteside and Bill Sutton. A special thanks to our guests, podcast produced by Pete Downing. Head over to Zentegra.com forward slash podcast to listen to all podcasts in this series.